After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined today by Matt Eddy as we bring you another edition of Fantasy Hipster, letting you know who all the prospects are to know before they get cool. That's the idea. We're, we're going to bring you some names to add to your, your stash list in your Dynasty League uh, so you can say you like them before they were popular. Just like all good hipsters, and Matt, the uh, inspiration for that term, David Bodie, hit a three-run home run yesterday, so... Uh, a little bit of an honor for the muse there, if you will. Yeah, uh, Bodie, in fact, has a, two, a pair of two home run games this year, and now that four for four with seven RBIs, whatever it was yesterday. So, Matt, David Bodie was the inspiration for this. Last episode, we went over a group of position player prospects, primarily who you felt were really good deep league stashes that could help some fantasy players in the long run. Today, you have a half dozen pitchers you've highlighted uh, coming through data, coming through scouting reports, mostly in the minors, uh, mm-hmm. but one of them does have some major league experience that you feel would be a really, really uh, good get for a lot of fantasy owners. Take us through who the top guy on your list is and why. Okay, if you're in a deep league and, and your league prioritizes starting pitchers and starts, um, somebody to keep an eye on is Lucas Sims of the Reds. Formerly of the Braves. Yeah, the Braves' first-round pick really didn't do a whole lot in the upper minors for them. But I think he's figured some things out along with the whole Reds pitching development this year. They, the major league team has, I think, the second-best ERA, starter ERA in the National League. Um, Lucas Sims is part of the reason why, because he had an incredible start for the Pirates, or against the Pirates last week. Uh, what he showed in his, in his major league start was uh, an average below of 93 and a 19% swinging strike rate that is elite. Um, you know, obviously this is the outlier performance. He probably won't be better than this this season. But I think there's a lot of a lot of there there with Sims, and I think he's he's too good for the Reds to just keep in Louisville. We've talked a little bit about pitchers take longer. It's just so difficult. You know, you can have all the stuff you want, figuring out command and sequencing. That just comes with time. That comes with reps. I remember talking to Blake Snell about this uh, after he won uh, Baseball America's Minor League Player in the Year in 2015. He uh, made his major league debut in 2016. I was up in Boston with the, when the Rays were there and did a story about this. He talked about, you know, the guys in the majors don't chase what the guys in AAA chase. And there's 
there's no simulating facing Miguel Cabrera. This was still in 2016 when Cabrera was uh, still uh, when he was still, hitting more than five home runs a season. Yes, but uh, you know, just talk to them about that, and and we see it so often. Again, Blake Snell was demoted to AAA the year before he won the signing award. Corey Kluber, yeah. Jacob Degrom, these guys were 25, 26 before things really started to click. Uh, Lucas Sims is 25. He was a high school draft. It feels like he's been around for a while because he has. He was drafted in 2012, but he's 25 years old. There's always been stuff there, and this would be the age where we do see some pitchers, again, just figure it out a little bit. Yeah, you know, this was the outlier star, and he's waiting for an opportunity because the Reds don't have a rotation spot open at the moment. For the first time in years, they they don't have a need for starting pitching. But things change, and I I would not expect Sims to be a AAA for... uh, all that much longer. You know, at AAA with the ball flying everywhere, uh, his ERA is a little high, 4.53, but you look at the strikeout to walk, uh, he's missing more bats than ever. Uh, his career average in the minors was about nine and a half strikeouts per nine. This year it's nearly 12. Um, you know, the walks are down from his career average as well. Uh, they hovered around four. Most of his minor league career is down to a little over three. So you are starting to see uh, a little bit of improvement, you know, beyond just that one start in the majors. You're seeing it in the context of the minors as well. And Again, it's, it's promising signs. Yeah, and you know, working our way down the ladder, <clears throat> the next pitcher I would mention would be in the Astros system, a uh, Mexican right-hander by the name of Jose Urquidy. Now, that's a, a difficult name for um, English speakers. It's U R Q I or Q U I D Y. It might it might not sound familiar because he played as uh, Jose Luis Hernandez last year. Uh, what's notable about Urquidy is that. Um, his swinging strike rate is among the highest in the, in the upper minors. It's 16.7%, according to uh, Fangraphs. Uh, his velocity is up. He's always had pitch ability, but now he's throwing harder, and he's rounded out his arsenal with, um, I believe it's a slider and changeup. But the thing to, no- to note here is that Astros general manager Jeff Lunau has specifically mentioned him as a rotation candidate this year. And again, we've seen the Astros. They already brought up Corbin Martin uh, last year. They, they brought up Josh James. This year he's been used uh, primarily in a bullpen capacity. You know Forrest Whitley is, is down AAA, although he's struggled and is now uh, down with a shoulder injury as well. Uh, the Astros do need some starting pitching at the back of the rotation. Mm-hmm. And you're right, there's a lot of guys who are famous names, but it is notable anytime the general manager singles the guy out. And it's not just you know lip service, as you said, you... you dove into the data beyond just the surface stuff. And the surface stuff, by the way, is great. Again, you can see he's playing in the Pacific Coast League. A 4.12 ERA in the Pacific Coast League as a starter, that's great. <laughs> With the way the ball is flying this year, uh, right now on the year as a whole, 72 to 10, strike out to walk. So it's stuff that you can see just watching from a scouting perspective. It's surface numbers you can see just pulling up his B-Ref page. And there's numbers below the surface. Everything's kind of lining up for this guy. Um, as you mentioned, you know, he's 24. He's at a perfectly appropriate age to, you know, be progressing and, and working towards his major league debut. With a guy like this who isn't on the radar but is clearly starting to get some buzz, even if it's not necessarily in the mainstream, what, what do you expect from a pitcher like this? Is it more back the rotation solid, or do you think there's something even deeper here? Um, I think you have to go with the former, at least in at least until they prove more, you know. P- pitching in the major leagues is difficult for reasons you've cited earlier, and I, I think that will apply to Urquidy, although he, you know, the, the novelty factor also can benefit a pitcher early in his major league stint, but, but the players we're talking about here are more longer term, 
targets. This is not someone who necessarily is going to pitch uh, Game 3 of the World Series for the Astros this year. Not necessarily. Beyond Arakiti, and he's in AAA, so he's another guy again. You mentioned Lucas Sims. He's in AAA, no longer a prospect technically, but mm -hmm. he can help this year in the majors. Arakiti as well could help in the majors this year. Who are some other guys further down the minors that are even deeper stashes? Yeah, one of my personal cheese balls is um, Josiah Gray of the, of the Dodgers system. Drafted by the Reds last year, had a nice debut in the Happy League. Uh, traded in the Yasiel Puig trade. Uh, so Gray is now a member of the Dodgers organization. Started at low A, jumped really quickly to high A. He's in the California League. And you see all the things you want to see, both surface level and, you know, with the swinging strike rate. Because um, currently he ranks first in the low minors in swinging strike rate. Uh, low 90s fastball, pretty good slider. You know, there's, there's some change-up questions, and he's fairly new to pitching in general, so you, you, there is some patience required, but high strikeouts, low walks, allowed one home run this year. Yeah, as you mentioned, he was uh, ranked in the, I believe, just outside the top 10 in the red system at the time he was traded. Uh, he's in the Dodger system now in that 10 to 20 range, so, so ranked pretty decently in a decent system. Again, second-round pick last year. There is some pedigree here. This isn't a, a no-name by any means. But you're right, he was a, a small college pick, a, a position convert, converted to pitching late. So there's a lot of different ways that can go. And that's why it wasn't necessarily a bad thing to see. Sometimes you see a college pitcher starting in rookie ball or their first full season in low A, and it can almost be a little bit of a red flag. For him, it was less so because of those reasons I've stated. But now that he's in high class A, which is where you want to see your high round college draftees pitching in their first full year at least to start, uh, he's having success. Um, as you mentioned, he's getting a lot of swinging strikes. Again, both the visual of it as well as looking at the numbers have been good. Uh, I'm going to be out in the Cal League next week and, and getting an in-person look at him as well. So he's definitely an interesting guy. And we've seen the Dodgers win a lot of trades they've made the last few years. That's a big reason why they're en route to their seventh straight NLS title and look like the early favorites in the National League to make their third straight w World Series. And that's been trades in the majors, trades in the minors. Um, again, long way to go, but but the way they're playing now is it's impressive, and and you see another potential big trade for them uh, in getting a, a potentially really promising pitching prospect, as well as uh, Jeter Downs, who's a, a very interesting shortstop prospect as well. Yeah, yeah, that's Josiah Gray uh, pitched at D two uh, Lemoyne in Syracuse, upstate New York, cold weather arm. <laughs> Fresh cold weather arm. We do see those guys have some I, success. I believe he's from outside of the. He's just from the upstate New York, just outside the city area. Beyond Gray, who are some <clears throat> other pitchers? We've we've got three, but there's still three more. Matt's a, a never-ending churn of fantasy prospects to keep an eye on. That's a good segue. I should also acknowledge the help Josh Norris, our uh, our colleague at Baseball America. Uh, you can follow him at uh, jnorris427 on your Twitter machine. <laughs> your Twitter machine. <clears throat> I like it. <clears throat> um, Joe Ryan of the Rays system, right-hander. You have some knowledge of him, like as a Cal State Stanislaus. Sure. So, um, as you know, here at BA, I do our major league coverage and, and top prospects. But just because of my Southern California pedigree, as I'm sure anyone who listens to the podcast knows about, um, I do help out with some Southern California draft coverage. And two years ago, Joe Ryan was at Cal State Northridge. Uh, a little bit of a big deal. He had pitched really well in the Cape Cod League. There were some expectations he was going to be a, a 
top three or four rounds draft pick, maybe with a really good junior year, he could elevate himself into that day one uh, consideration. Hmm. Um, he'd had some injuries that junior year, barely pitched, uh, didn't happen, didn't get drafted at all. I believe it was a shoulder injury. Um, and then the next year, transferred to Cal State Stanislaus, which is a, a D2 college up in Northern California. Quietly had a really good year, got drafted by the Rays, uh, I believe in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since he's, he's entered pro ball, He's looking like the guy that some people thought after that that turned the Cape Cod League of, hey, this guy could be a day one draft pick. Um, again, it didn't work out that way, but he's starting to pitch like that guy. Yeah, and this is all Class A performance, but you know he, he's definitely showing the strikeout ratio you want to see. He's dominating the competition. He's now at he's now at High A, um, Florida State League, uh, four seamer, ninety ninety three, works the top of the zone like we see a lot these days. Um, is more command and deception. So, you know, I'm not saying this is the the ultimate guy you want to target, but he's interesting if you have enough roster space to speculate on a pitcher like Joe Ryan. He's been starting uh, a lot this year. I remember, again, doing the draft report. There was some reliever risk with him, but mm-hmm. he's starting, he's pitching well, and, uh, you know, wouldn't be the first guy people say, oh, there's some reliever risk, but... If they hold their stuff and they hold their command, no reason not to keep starting him. And, and thus far this year, um, he's done that. He's moved up to the Florida State League, tougher competition, and actually cut his walk rate uh, in half, uh, better than half even. Uh, he's still striking out, uh, you know, double-digit batters per nine. Everything's, everything's lining up nicely for him. Okay, we're going to turn our attention now to a Yankees pitcher. His name is Alexander Vizcaino. He's at Charleston, Low A, South Atlantic League. Uh, six foot two right-hander, lean, whippy arm. You know, he's one of these fastball up to ninety-eight uh, plus changeup guys. But at this stage of the game, he's getting lots of swings and misses on that changeup against low A hitters. Because uh, the one criticism of him is he lacks feel for spin right now. So there is the risk of him being more of a you know lower rotation guy or, or reliever. And he's an older pitcher. Uh, he's twenty-two, pitching in low A. Um, always something to be a little bit wary of, but uh, in terms of the, the behind-the-scenes numbers, what are you seeing that gives you faith in him beyond just, you know, to really overcome that, if you will? Um, it's just the strikeout rate, the swinging strike rate, because it really pops, and he does have a good arm. Never, You never want to give up on a good arm. And uh, what's uh, the old saying? They, they check IDs at the plate. They don't check IDs on the mound. <laughs> they don't check IDs on the mound. That's right. Good arm is a good arm. <laughs> and lastly, who do you have to round us uh, to finish, a vol- finish us off here? Uh, Francisco Morales um, in the Philly system. He's at Lakewood. Big body, six foot four right-hander. Big stuff. Um, equally big body control and uh, command issues. So I think <clears throat> realistically there's... there's reliever risk here, but he's missing a ton of bats. I think he has nearly 15 strikeouts per nine. Uh, throws in the mid-90s with a high 80s slider already. So he's got the weapons to dominate if he can figure the rest of the stuff out. And again, you look at the surface numbers on this guy. Um, it's an ERA over five. It's more than a hit an inning. Uh, the walks are, are pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just the swing strike rate that, that gives you the faith, or is there something else even beyond that? No, just the strikeout rate and the stuff, because you talk about mid-90s fastball and high 80s slider. He's 19 years old. He certainly wouldn't be the first uh, teenager to, to kind of figure some things out as he makes his way through, uh, through the player development system. Well, Matt, 
all these guys, again, from Lucas Sims in AAA on the verge of the majors all the way down to uh, Francisco Morales in low A, they've shown us something that makes them at the very least interesting. If you were in the market for pitching on your dynasty team right now, who would be the number one guy of this group that you would go get? On the pure minor league side, definitely Urquidy and Gray are by far and away my, my two favorites. Uh, Sims, if you uh, if he's minor league eligible for you in particular, it'd be kind of tough to stash him if you had to keep him on the major league roster, but I do like him as well. The other ones I think are have enough reliever risk where I, I wouldn't rush, but if I had the room and wanted to speculate, I would pick them up. But it'll be, uh, be interesting to see how all these guys turn out, and, and beyond just fantasy as well. Uh, all these guys can, can help their teams on the field. It's always good to see you know, young arms you know, springing up, and, and you know, you've been here at Baseball America for a very long time, and uh, you, you, you've seen it, you say it, pitchers are the hardest to evaluate because a lot of times they pop up out of nowhere, and other mm-hmm. times guys who all the stuff is there, the body's there, you, you think all the mechanics are there for good command, and just for whatever reason, whether it's they can't control their stuff, or you know, whether it comes to sequencing, or just kind of mental maturity and strength on the mound, something goes wrong, and pitchers are the hardest to evaluate, and that's true in both real life and fantasy. Yeah, think about it. They go from pitching once a week for a few months as amateurs, then every into a five-man rotation for five months. Then the major leagues, oh, we're going to play an extra month or two on top of what you're used to. You can see how difficult that would be. As we say, this game is hard. And you add all the uh, the increased workload and the changing circumstances, and that just makes it that much harder. But. There you have it, six uh, pitchers to keep an eye on uh, for the fantasy players on uh, this edition of Fantasy Hipster. Matt, thank you so much for joining us and providing us your insights as always. Well, thanks for having me, Kyle. Absolutely. Well, for Matt Eddy, I'm Kyle Glazer. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast, Fantasy Hipster edition. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Mm-hmm.